Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as, like, look, everybody poops. Pooping is not gross. But if you shit in a bag, like, that's kind of gross. And welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creatively Talented Podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Mark. Hello. <laughs> and sitting next to Mark is someone else who's homely and doesn't arouse me. It's Jake. I've got two words. Perfect love and perfect trust. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, we're all topsy-turvy this week. I'm sitting at a glass table next to Mark in Mark's house. Jake, you're on the computer. What's going on? Uh, I don't know. The world turned upside down. Yeah, it sure did. We're, I'm, I'm in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Visiting my buddy Mark. Yeah. And I did forget the microphone yeah. and everything else I was supposed to bring, so we're on a different mic. So if we sound a little different this week, it's just a throwback to the simpler times of what is either the modern day or the 1970s, I can't tell. <laughs> it's definitely modern day, but either way. They do have cell phones. <laughs> yeah. But it's very bloomy. It's it is. very like 1960s sitcom-y. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with the Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week we watched 2016's The Love Witch, uh-huh. which was a mark pick. Yep, it For sure was. reasons I'm sure we're going to get into. Nope. Um, and when we do, uh, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it, so fair warning on that. And hey, if you like the show and want to support what we do, you can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, that's A-T-O-Z horror, and support the show at your level of choosing get some perks for your troubles but hey if you can't swing that right now or just don't want to we appreciate you being here and hanging out with us on the main podcast here but for now it's time to do getting drunk part so that score let's do beers for fears hey jake whoa hey jack <laughs> you were nowhere near your microphone no I he's already tuned out <laughs> what is what are your beers for these beers <laughs> you have a chair that leans back it's a disaster <laughs> no no it's not uh what are your beers for these fears? i i don't have any <laughs> Good. Here's pass. the thing. No, here's Opening the, on a pass. Here's the thing. Um, this movie, to me, was a hard one to beer. And I've been sick with the flu, like, all week. So excuses, I decided excuses. I would, like, make myself up a little potion. I, uh, <laughs> I threw in some vodka. You have to start there. And some okay. herbs. Um, I'll let you guys take a look at it. I'll let you and decide tampon. whether any of these herbs have psychedelic <laughs> properties. Use but, tampon, um, yep. <laughs> I, I created a little uh, a little love potion here, and, um, you know, I'm going to be sipping on this all day. We'll wow. see how it goes. Okay. Is the name of the drink a love potion, or did you just put vodka and herbs into a glass? That, the latter, no, so I made I made a cocktail basically from scratch. It was tea-based because I've been drinking a lot of tea. Um, I have a hibiscus tea around here, and I've drank some of that this week, and it's got this crazy pink color as hibiscus teas do so i was like maybe i'll start there put a little bit of vodka in there and see where i go so i have like a black tea that has bee pollen put some blackberry shrub in there a little bit of ginger simple syrup it's pretty nice it's got this it's got this um interesting smooth like light pastelli sort of thing that fits with the movie well so i think i did pretty okay here in terms of the cocktail fitting the movie jake in the interest of our poll what am I describing this thing as when I say what you're drinking? <laughs> a vodka concoction. Uh, no, just call it. I I don't know. Whatever. It's a cocktail. Make go, knock yourself out, Mark. It's a cocktail that's got vodka and tea in it. Okay. Ma- wow. Name do. it. You can you can name it if you can think of something clever that has to do with the movie. Might I'm be sure called I could recreate Who knows? It. 
I mean, I'm not going to give him that amount of credit. <laughs> why, why would I go out of my way to sabotage myself in the poll? <laughs> but I do agree with Jake that it is a hard movie to beer. Uh, Mark, I was also not on my home turf here. I went to your one of your wacky Utah liquor stores wow. <laughs> to pick up beers. Um, and they're not cold. That's mm. another problem. There's no cold beer there. They are not, we are not allowed to refrigerate beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I got myself three beers here. One of them is a Flesh and Blood IPA from Dogfish Head. Uh This movie features a lot of flesh um, in both the carnal and traditional senses and a lot of blood. Uh, Then I'm drinking an Orderville Modern Times beer, a Hazy Mosaic IPA. Modern Times because the the time of this, like what era this movie set in, as you alluded to, Mark, is a little confusing and up in the air, whether Mm -hmm. it's actually Modern Times or not. And hazy, because the whole thing has that bloom on it. It's like a, like a movie shot in the 60s, so it's kind of hazy. Okay. And then I'm also drinking uh, an Escape IPA. It's actually an Escape to Colorado yeah. IPA from Epic Brewing. Uh, because this is about a woman who's trying to escape the traditional confines that uh, being a woman society has placed upon her. She's trying to break free of those. Something like that. Something like that. So <laughs> I'm I've not got sure these I fully three. understood her motivations, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the director's motivations for her anyway. At least, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. Mark, what about you? Uh, last and surely not least, I am drinking a Rogue Paradise Pucker. Okay. Uh, kind of getting at what you were getting at, Jack. So she moves to Paradise. That's like the first thing in the movie. She moves to Southern California or the Bay Area or the Redwoods somewhere. That was San Francisco. Those are San Francisco. not even remotely close to each other. Okay. <laughs> The Bay Area is close to Southern the California and the Redwoods are not close to each other. Yeah. She moves to the Redwoods. Whatever. It is some version of paradise. They'll and be close if that motherfucker Elon Musk would ever open his hyperloop. Yeah. It's what like a half asshole. hour it's like a half hour vacuum maglev train, man. Yeah. Sounds great. You watch half an episode of Cheers, you're there. Bam. Bingo bango bongo. And then Pucker, <laughs> the second half of that obviously related to the you know, the carnal nature that we were talking about earlier <laughs> so i got two things in one bottle right here paradise pucker by uh, rogue brewing there you go this there is a bomber go. so this is the only one i'm drinking <laughs> but drinking beers and watching the love witch isn't the only thing we've done in the course of the last week we might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world so let's dive into what's been rocking our horror world starting first with cueing that sound effect and talking about lost beers for fears movies oh yeah mm, beer just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! All right, so I have one uh, that I'll talk about, and I think I'm wondering if we all say all three have the same one because we all lost. Have not watched it for the movie Coherence. Okay, Jake, have you watched? Holy Frozen? shit! It's a first for Jack. I haven't watched it either. 2010. Wow, look at me, I'm ahead. Yeah, you're really getting ahead of things, man. <laughs> uh, just for, so I won't talk too much about it, because I'm interested to see what you guys think of it, but some notes on it. It is free on Vudu, but with ads. Yeah. Um, Not worth it. <laughs> Dude, ads suck. I can't do it. I will never do the ads. I'll pay the $3. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Uh, but anyway, we all had to watch this movie for all having tied, losing for coherence. And I'd just like to point out, this was the poll, the Patreon poll that Jake made for Who Lost Beers for Fears. Oh, yeah. And, or, and what movies we had to watch. And mm-hmm. you said, like, why don't we watch another winter movie from the 2010s? And you picked two movies, one from 2007, one from 2009, yeah, two. and one from 2010. So <laughs> so I, I don't know if I specifically said 2010s, but I was doing a thing. The last I was decade, like, I think. Yeah, yeah the, the decade we're leaving because we were about to go to 2020 at the time when I was making the poll. <laughs> And that a weird thing happened where the first one that came up was like, 
Winter movie from 2010. And I was like, all right, sweet. And then I just saw Winter movies. And when I saw like a seven and a nine, I was like, yeah, sure. This has to be from the last decade. That seems recent. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, 15 it's years work, ago. Jake. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, I don't want to uh, taint your guys' opinion of oh, this I've movie, so I won't talk too much about it. But I will say, starring Sean Ashmore as a real asshole. So that was unexpected. He went from being the Iceman to being a guy who's frozen. Well, he went from being Big Jake the Yerk Killer to an Iceman to Iceman to uh, a guy who was frozen. Yeah, this is post X Men too, though, isn't it? Oh, d- way post X Men. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the Animorphs was pre X Men, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Oh, it, I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it reminded me that I need to keep calling Jake Big Jake the Yerk Killer. Yeah. Jake, so. have you seen Frozen yet? Because that's like, never happened. Not for this poll, but have you seen Frozen in the past? I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, we can punt. I, I saw this a long time ago. It used to be free on Netflix. Okay. It is not free on Netflix now. <laughs> no, it is not. I mean, we're talking like when Netflix was OG Netflix that had content. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Shots fired at Netflix. At Netflix. They're on my coming radar. for you, Netflix. Look out. Uh, do you guys have any Beers for Fears movies you got to pay up on? Well, Mark never not. loses, so. Ever. <laughs> I make the polls, so, you know, thumb, <laughs> thumb on the scale. Oh, you son of a bitch. I have one. Uh, okay. I have The Predator. Oh, yeah. The Olivia Munn vehicle. The Olivia Munn vehicle, you're right. Uh, so I believe I lost. Oh, I had to watch this one because I lost like Resident Evil and then Mark picked some movies that involved bullets or some shit, like action horror movies. I think that's what he did. Yeah, no, it was stuff that involved, that involved bullets. bullets. You nailed it. What's it? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Uh, I wanted to see this movie and it tied with Aliens, so I decided to go ahead and watch this because Aliens is a great movie, but I've seen it several times. Okay. Um, this is not a great movie. I, I really <laughs> did not enjoy it. Dude, I fucking love this movie. No. It's, it's, it's really one not of the, good. I mean, it's not good, but it is enjoyable. Um, it, it has its... There's some entertainment value here for sure, and it's not like the acting is bad, but what the acting is... They, they tried to take what was charming with the first one, which are like these tough commando-style like one-liners and things, but then it also loses the things that were good about the first one, which is any sort of, I don't know, fear that builds because of tension as you're waiting for like the situation to unfold with the Predator. Because you get these big brawny guys into a situation, and they go from like talking shit to pretty scared fairly quickly. That never happens here. Never. Like You never <laughs> once get a sense of like character development from any of these it's guys. None of them are humans. They're the basically time. just these statues that like spit out one-liners the whole time until they die. So, I'll tell you another concerning trend with the Predator series. We're moving away from beefcakes, right? We had that fucking Adrian Brody helmed one. It may and Topher Grace. And Topher Grace. Adrian Brody, maybe one of the lowest leading beefcakes. Um, I mean, this one has Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah, so now we're on to Keegan-Michael Key, also not a beefcake. He's a wiry bastard, you know? He'll catch you by surprise. He's got the reach. I mean, so is Adrian Brody, but not yeah, well, maybe that's I would, I would pay a lot of money to watch a celebrity boxing episode that was Keegan-Michael Key versus Adrian Brody. It does sound pretty good. Does Fox pretty needs good. to bring that shit back for one episode. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to cue Scatman getting to regular Rocking Horror World, huh? Regular. Scatman's World. All right, I'm going to go first here because I have one thing to talk about. Can I quickly point out... So, the last time we talked about this was Christmas Evil, and then we did the repack, and then we did the omnibus, and then we did Jennifer's Body. Yep. It has now been four weeks of us watching things and not being able to talk about it. Okay. 
I was going to say this before you said anything, but I have a bunch. <laughs> well, but you know, if you only have one, that's I talked consider- about a bunch of them on the omnibus because a bunch of them were 2019 movies that I'd like just watched. Oh, so I, I talked mean, about you're right. You should bring those back up to give them the actual treatment. I do not remember. Just, god, oh my god them. one of them was oh, summer shit. of 84 you should at least talk okay about yeah summer of 84. 84 was great i really enjoyed it i don't think it nails the nostalgia as much of a lot of the things from the 80s do you know the it's and the the strangers thing mm-hmm. um but it, it was a very enjoyable movie and like we said it turns hard into horror at the last the last few minutes and i think it's i mean this was a point of contention two years ago on the omnibus between me and jake i think it's horror for most of the movie there's some dread it's building yeah yeah um i don't know i also had a hard time going along with it just in terms of like the way these kids are following him and what people are noticing and not noticing and like why they're getting in trouble for things was a little little hard to to follow for me a little hard to stick with but that's, I did, I that's like the movie. part of the genre right you're the one who's on record saying like how hard it is to be a kid yeah i felt like that's what this movie oh. did so well was like these kids are they see something they're trying to like explain it to people and no one believes them because they're just kids <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I, I bought it, and I, I like the Mad Men guy. He did a very good job as this like charming but menacing police officer. It's also um, Pam's almost boyfriend from art school from the office. <laughs> yes, almost boyfriend. Yeah, I never watched Mad Men, so that was my point. That was oh, my gotcha. touchstone. Okay, um, so definitely have that one. I had some others too. I can't remember them. Maybe I'll talk about those next week. Uh, the thing I've been watching since the Omnibus is uh, my lovely wife and I made it through Chernobyl on HBO. Um, and man, I really wish one of you guys had told me to watch this before. This was yeah, great. Yeah, if only. If only we'd <laughs> yeah. raved about it for months. <laughs> no, we, we did. We had to finish up uh, Succession before we got to this. And this was a one I didn't want to like watch by myself. We wanted to watch it together. So. Fair enough. Um, I don't like having multiple of those like heavy series going at a time. Um, so we finished up... I can only be so depressed. I know. So we finished up <laughs> Succession and we watched Chernobyl and holy shit, it's fantastic. I don't have anything to add. It's unbelievably great the podcast going along with it makes me appreciate it even more it's just fucking unbelievable so how are you doing the podcast in relation to the episodes did you watch all of it at once and then do the whole podcast yes. thing? okay yep. that's what we did then too. all the podcasts at once yeah binge both <laughs> yeah sequentially. exactly yeah but oh my god the horror in this show is fucking unreal when they're going into the water jesus yeah. christ bio robot scene on the roof oh my god the, the one that i think is going to stick with me for ever is the the scene in the last episode where they're kind of reliving the events of the evening, and there's the dude whose name I'm, I cannot remember, nor would I try and pronounce it if I could remember it, um, who's in the pump, who's in the, like the he's above the reactor, and the thing he sees is the control rods like just popping out because the because re- the pressure's so high, and they're like jumping around and shit. I, I mean, I'm sure it was all CG or I don't know how they shot that shit, but oh my god, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, no, so fantastic show, highly recommended is. Like, it's also crazy how much stuff they didn't put in there because it would have been too crazy to be believable. They, like, yeah. toned a lot of it down from what would have been historically accurate. Yeah. We, we did a case study on this for my engineering, in, in engineering school, about sort of, like, how to do safety factors and how to engineer for human factors and stuff like this because it's a fascinating story. And even the podcast, like, didn't talk about some of the shit that came up in the in the episode and we talked about three mile island too because believe it or not it was actually a very similar occurrence just didn't go the direction that chernobyl did <laughs> but three mile island also very close to being a full chernobyl yeah 
Yeah, if not for shit. like one or two minor details, I, it's uh, that's fucking crazy. I love Chernobyl. It's, Chernobyl's so good. It, it's almost perfect TV. Like it's so fucking great. Um, so anyway, loved that. That's all I got to talk about this week. Jake, what's been rocking your horror world? Yeah, one that came up shortly before the omnibus, and then we talked about it off air. But I've I've been owing to discuss it here was cam which was the movie that you told me to watch in the 2018 omnibus jack i just Hell yeah. it in in the year 2019 <laughs> uh, i really liked it i couldn't I, I i i compared it probably though i should not have to uh girl house which was a movie that mark had recommended to me and that girl house is like a slasher right yeah, both yeah, are girl. You totally need to watch Girl House. Girl House. Okay. So they're both yeah, they're both good. I preferred Girl House. This is a vastly different movie. Uh and what I appreciated about it was I did not even in a million years would have thought that it took the turn that it did. <laughs> but fairly early in the movie actually. And I guess the only big knock that I I have against it, which is more of a personal thing, was I I found it a little bit hard to follow. I spent a lot of time wondering if it was going to like shift back into something that made a little more sense. But this is basically like a full length Twilight Zone episode. Yep, yep. Which was really the best cool. movies always are. <laughs> uh, they tend to be. Yeah, Twilight Zone was a, a tremendous thing that uh, we all love. So that was a good one. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Nice. I have more to talk about. I'm just trying to figure out how many things I should mention on this episode. Be as spoilery as possible. It's still on Netflix, right? It's a Netflix original, I think. They picked it up, is on I don't Netflix. think they like produced it, but they picked up the distribution rights. So I okay. think it's called a Netflix original. Yeah. So it's like a Netflix property. Now. Yeah. It's going to be there for a while. Yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies of the last decade. It's fantastic. Decade being defined as 2010 to 2019. Jake, just for the record. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was... Oh. No, 2006 to 2022. Something like that, is the yeah. decade. Um, I it's like you said, it's a great psychological horror movie set in a world that you wouldn't necessarily. I mean, the reason you're comparing it to Girl House is because both are about cam girls. Well, yeah, I mean that's the yes on its and face. The, that's I mean, the I think there's an interesting like amount of cultural leverage there to say like what identity means within the cam girl space. Like that's a. It's a, it's a fascinating kind of it is a fascinating conversation like, topic. World, yeah. Well, I think that's also important when you talk about the last decade. Like this could only have come out within the last decade because of the advent of what that. Oh yeah. I don't know. Sort of. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this ages. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that movie Compliance? No. With Dreama Walker about the the woman in the who worked at like a McDonald's and somebody called in saying, I'm with the FBI, one of your employees is stealing things, and the manager like strip searched her in the back room and kidnapped her and held her hostage because some guy on the phone pretending to be the FBI told him to. No. And it's about that. It's it's a really good movie. You should check it is out. Is it a documentary or is it no. a, okay? There okay. is a documentary about it as well. Wait, so this is a real thing that happened. This is a real thing that oh happened. My God. Yeah, absolutely. That really happened. It's wild. And compliance is good, but the reason I'm comparing this to Cam is because the first, like, 20 minutes of compliance are just her being an assistant manager of a McDonald's. Like, what do we do if we run out of pickles today? Do we put less on each <laughs> And I was so enthralled with, like, the day-to-day operation of a fast food chain. I could have watched a whole movie about that. Similarly with, like, Cam, I loved all the, like, her trying to make her cam site the top you gotta like get ranked up on whatever cam site she's yeah using. the just competitive like, cam girl the machinations aspect. of how she was doing that was so fascinating to me too yeah yeah then obviously i did like the horror part too fine whatever yeah yeah i mean you know porn pretty cool <laughs> 
Or <laughs> just also the behind cool. the scenes shit. Yeah. But what's anyway. coolest is the business behind the scenes, Mark. That's what really had Jack. <laughs> you are the business guy, as our as our blog oh, says. Oh, uh, Beelzebuth. I, I I watched that one Jesus too. I can talk about that. I guess. Christ. Yeah. Go ahead. Come, <laughs> they have, come they're going to come to me slowly. You haven't even mentioned yet. So what's that? You have at least one more. You haven't even. Mentioned I'm yet. sure they're going to come to me slowly throughout the episode. <laughs> for the record, um, Jack. For, before you yeah. go, for the record. Rocking Horror Worlds cannot be this thing that I watched like two years ago has just popped into my brain. You're not going to. I, I didn't. I wasn't saying compliance is a horror movie or should belong on Rocking Horror Worlds. I was just like, no, part I'm, of I'm camp not saying that. that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking okay. about when you inevitably remember something that came up on the omnibus in like two months. I, it counts. I'm going to count it. Nope. We're not going to count it for you. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he's probably not going to remember anything <laughs> it's gonna, that it's happened a moot on point. the Omnibus. It's a moot point. <laughs> until I remind him of it roughly around 2020's Omnibus. <laughs> anyway, Piazza Booth is a uh, possession horror movie. It's shot. It's like Mexican-American. It's in both English and Spanish. Uh, it's a weird movie. It was um, what you recommended to me for the next year. It sure is. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. I li- it does a lot of possession stuff. Way differently than any other Possession movie I've ever seen, which I all really liked. Also, it it's way... It's some shocking visceral stuff to open the movie with, which was... Your kill like, of the year. Fuck, yeah, my kill of the year, which was something something I was not expecting to see. Um, overall, I think it's not you know one of the all-time great horror movies, but it does a lot of really cool, interesting stuff. Um, it's worth checking out. I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was it was on when I turned on Shutter on Shutter TV one time. Oh, nice! So I watched like two minutes of it. I was like, "This seems kind of interesting," and then I had to watch the actual movie that we were doing for the. <laughs> I think I was watching Coherence or something. I can't remember what the fuck it was, but yeah. So I'll talk about that one too. Look at me, more movies. Yeah, <laughs> Jake. What Look else do you want to talk Jack. about? Um, I'll talk about two more this week so we can keep things moving. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I was down with the flu this week and. At the start of the week, I, were, I wait. Hold a day on, of hold on, hold on. I insist you call it down with the sickness. Yeah, please, if you would, please. I was down with the sickness. <laughs> there you go. Earlier <laughs> in the week, I missed a day of work because of it, and uh, during that period of time where you're like laying there in a fever dream, sometimes you want to watch a movie. Any, anyway, the flavor of movie that just popped into my mind was like, I kind of want to watch a movie Zombie. like Lake Mungo, not Lake Mungo, but like <laughs> okay. Lake Mungo. Right, so I went down this little bit of a internet rabbit hole about movies that are found footage, but kind of like the mockumentary, mock documentary, if you will. And I found a couple that piqued my interest. I watched both of them. The first is called Leaving DC. Okay, I have not heard of it. So this one is free on Prime. Leaving DC free on Prime. If you're interested in checking it out, I would recommend that you do, especially if you're a fan of what I just mentioned type of movie, found footage. Mock documentary style, people <laughs> getting fucked with in the me, woods. It's all of those things. Uh, and this movie is quite simply about a guy who's lived in D.C. for like 20 years. He's sick of the hustle and bustle, so he buys a cat, like a, not really a cabin. It's more like a just nice house in, on like 17 acres of land in West Virginia and moves out there. And it sort of documents him making these vlogs about his experience living by himself out away from D.C. when he moves to this new home. And horror ensues. Okay. So the way this one works is it kind of it kind of starts to feel like a ghost hunting style movie because things start to happen and he does the things that like if you were to enlist a ghost hunter, they would come in and do. Like he's he's basically like 
taking video using a hunting cam outside his house overnight and seeing what tri- like what trips it right like what pictures oh, nice. is it yeah. going to capture he he puts a, a tape recorder outside his window to capture anything and like listens for spikes in it overnight so he's like trying to accumulate evidence to see what's going on because he thinks people what, are fucking with him what are those things on audio tapes that ghost ghost hunters call evps or whatever yeah evps yeah. <laughs> capturing EVPs. Anyway, this is a this is a sneaky good one. I'd recommend it. Nice. Okay. The, the other one is called Savage Land. Boom! Nailed it. <laughs> I have it on my list as the the one that is supposed to be like Lake Mungo. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't a very. <laughs> like you said, you just yelled "boom!" Nailed it out of nowhere. Like nobody but you had the context yeah. for that. When, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> you well, didn't. You didn't hold up like you'd already written that on an envelope or something. You didn't. <laughs> Jake, I'm going to need you to look in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't a very uh, difficult search, obviously, but I I checked this one out. I'd recommend this one, too. You can check this one out on Amazon Prime as well. Uh, This one is more like Lake Mungo than the first in the sense that the primary way in which you uncover what's going on is through photographs that were taken of an event. Lake Mungo is like over time in a house. This is vastly different than that. But basically what happens is this movie is about this town in Arizona on the Mexican border. And like the whole fucking town is just obliterated one night. Everybody's dead. It's like total carnage, right? And they bring this guy in and they try him. It's kind of a like, not even kind of, it's like a terrible trial. Like they basically like don't give this guy due process or anything. They basically just put him to death. Um, so there's a definite, I don't, there's a, it's, it's apropos today because it's, there's commentary about like relationship with immigrants and all that stuff. But, uh, as you come to find out this guy who was there that night, obviously, because they brought him in and then tried him for the murder of all these people, he took photos of the event. And at the end of the movie, you see those photos. And that was really what made it. This one was a little slower and harder for me to get into. I thought the acting was a little worse. But the photos really made it for me. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, both I, of them I are small, don't get me wrong. Both this and Leaving DC are small, small movies. But if that style captures you usually, I think both these will definitely scratch that itch. So okay. they're both yeah, recommends. Where did you watch both of these? Both of them were on Amazon Prime for like the third time. For free? Yes. Or you had to pay for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were they with the blood and guts package or whatever? No, I don't. Yeah, have, I don't is have it because you're still things. paying for killers and monsters? I definitely am, and I don't know what's on it. I think the was the Love Witch free on Prime, or did I, or was that because I have Love Witch was free on Prime? Damn it! What's good is blood and guts. I looked at the. I looked at blood. Uh, I looked at whatever monsters and murderers. Or That's something probably like that what it is from yeah. a while ago. I think that was like I saw the devil or whatever that had it in it. There's only like there's like 15 movies. <laughs> That's it. The other problem is I always forget I'm paying for it because it costs three ninety nine a month, and all the movies we rent cost three ninety nine. So I just, I just assume that's a whatever. I rented a movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's how they get you. They, they, they do. They got. They gotched me. Say those two movies names again, Jake. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even want to. Leaving really? DC and Savage Land now for like the fifth time. <laughs> I am. Just... And you watched them how, Jake? Oh my god, I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right, Mark, what did you, what's been rocking your horror world? Okay, so the only one I mentioned on the Omnibus that I haven't talked about yet is Ready or Not. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. It is 
exceptionally good. I liked it quite a bit. The If you will recall, I believe this was my fourth highest ranked movie for the year. Fifth, maybe. I will not recall. You listed so many fucking movies, I could not uh, keep track. It was up there. I, th- I mean, this is an incredible... It's not gonna. It's not scary. It is horror, but it's not scary. It is just fun entertainment, gore, you know, there's, there's, it's splatter value type stuff. You're being hunted. There's that, there's that game that came out a while ago on Steam called Sir, You Are Being Hunted. Had a very similar vibe to this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, most dangerous game in a giant mansion, uh, starring Samara Weaving as the prey. Uh, this is a heavy recommend for me. It's incredible. Is this kind of like your next or get out, like bringing a new paramour to family house? Yeah, exactly. It's if your next was not as dark as it is. Okay. No, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is an entertaining freight train of a movie. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, called Ready or Not? Ready. Well, yeah, like the game. Right. It's all like very game based. I don't think there's a game called Ready or Not. The game is hide and seek. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you know, you, you got it. You get it. You get me. You understand. <laughs> How'd you watch it? Uh, this was on Amazon Prime. I just rented it. I don't think it's free anywhere just yet. Okay. Might be in a little bit, but it's worth a rent. I mean, it's, like I said, I think this is probably one of the best movies that came out last year. All right. If you're looking for something entertaining, it's not going to chill you to your core. But sure. You could throw this one on at a party. Have a bunch of people be very interested in it, that type of thing. <laughs> nice. uh, it's not going to... It is bloody, so if people are squeamish, then, you know, they might be upset. But other than that, it's not really going to turn that many people away. Like, no one's going to stop watching because they're too scared. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What else ne- you got? Next up, I got Slaughterhouse Rules. Do either of you remember what this is? Nope. I remember the title. Is it a, somehow related to Cider House Rules? It's kind of a send-up of that a little bit. Slaughterhouse Rules is Simon Pegg and Nick Frost... Oh, they are executive producers as well as actors in the movie. Um, this is basically a kid goes to a private um, British boarding school, and horror is amuck. This is sounding a little familiar. It has a similar vibe to all the other Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies, where it's like kind of serious, but also very clearly a satire of like other movies. It doesn't have that Edgar Wright element, but it's. I mean, it's still. A pretty solidly put together thing it kind of scratched that itch of the monster of the week type oh nice um, thing it has a weird amount of environmentalism built into it okay uh I'm on board for that i enjoyed it i it, it's getting panned a lot of places like I'll, people don't really like it i thought it was decent i thought it was entertaining i had fun watching it i don't know if i'd like rush to the streets to scream from the street corner that everyone should watch this thing but like it was good okay i had fun yeah Sure. Yeah, it was it was funny. There were like it, it, you know. There's a lot of parody in the movie, so there it has its moments, and then there's also just like this kind of like underlying monster theme to it that's good. All right, and how are the monster effects? Uh, the exact right amount of cheesy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I, like I, I the the problem I had the problems I had with the movie did not pertain to the effects that they had for the monster. <laughs> okay. I like that. How'd you watch it? Uh, this was a DVD that I got in the mail. Oh, okay. Interestingly, this was an actual DVD I got in the mail. Not a Blu-ray? Not a Blu-ray. <laughs> so it has, it, it's a weird distribution network now. You can get a Blu-ray of almost everything, That's but good, because I'm an HD DVD only guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. HD you watch DVDs it on your laser Xbox discs. One. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, tentative recommended. You just know what you're getting in for. It's, it's a Simon Pegg joint that's not Edgar Wright. Yeah. All yeah. right. Fair enough. Um, lastly, uh, before I get into the one that neither of you brought up, 
which I kind of knew was going to happen. Uh, Anna and the Apocalypse was the other one that I watched uh, between the last podcast we did, Christmas Evil, and the Omnibus. Um, I don't know if I brought this. I think I mentioned it offhand on the Omnibus or something like that because it was not worthy of any um, awards. But this is the Zombie Christmas Musical. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is available on Amazon Prime if you have Amazon Prime. And uh, I don't recommend you watch it. Okay. It's not good. You're, you're it's scratching not good your at beard. All. Yeah. It's not good at all. <laughs> oh, wow. People, I, I, I've heard good things about this. In recent memory, Jake Offair actually recommended that this was one of the movies that we watch as a group to like have some fun and enjoy things, which yeah. is what? crazy because yeah, I don't know. Well, Fuck. we were already we were already talking about musicals, and then you brought it up as a possibility. Uh, Jake is a zombie I, guy, so that checks. Out. I don't recall this conversation, but if so, it's because I heard it was good. Yeah, I can't think of any reason why you might not remember. This is <laughs> a. This is a strange <laughs> musical beast. Like, there's one thing I, I'm not gonna. I am shocked that I'm gonna praise Poultrygeist here, but like the songs in Poultrygeist were mixed well, were clever, and were germane to the plot. Oh God! And in the Apocalypse was <laughs> oh no a zombie movie that had songs <laughs> in it that people were singing. Oh no! But the songs <laughs> oh, had nothing to fucking do with the plot, Ugh. and the mix is so terrible. You can't. It's basically like all instrumentation. And then you can't hear what the people... Like, you can hear them singing, but they, you can't hear what they're saying. <laughs> uh, in a movie that is a musical, you need to have a better audio mix than this. Oof. Uh, and you need to have your songs, like, mean something in relation to the plot. And not just, like, plot happens, plot happens, plot happens, and then there's a song about a boy being a soldier. <laughs> in a zombie pum, pum, pum. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would make more sense because it was Christmas time. Uh, do not watch Ed and the Apocalypse. It was fucking bad. Oh, yikes. Well, okay. And it only got a fit like, one time of the year, too, right? Because it's you're not going to watch a movie that's holiday related unless you're some kind of monster outside of the holiday season. So it's yeah, like I mean, both of those is, things. This is, it's Christmas related like Halloween 1 was Halloween related. It is set during Christmas time, right. but the Christmas aspect of it is a pretty minor part of it. Which is strange, but because all the people, posters are like her with a giant candy cane. I think she yeah. kills one zombie with a giant candy cane. Okay. It doesn't matter, and, because if you're looking for a movie, that's what you see, and you're like, nah, I'm not yeah. feeling this candy cane shit right now. Yeah. yeah. I have never had that thought in my head before, but yeah. So, Mark. What's that? I don't really want to talk about the other movie. Is that fair? Oh, we're going to bring it up. Oh, fuck. Girl on the third floor. Yeah. So after the omnibus, we all got got pizza and we came back to Jack's house and we watched a movie as is tradition. Oh, no. We watched CM Punk's actor debut. Yeah. God, I forgot about this. Girl on the third floor. Uh, Yeah. My wife may never watch a movie with us again. (laughs) It was so bad. Holy shit. I was was excited to watch this one because people had, this is another one. People had said that this is going to be themed for the episode. People had said it was good and then it was not good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I did not like this movie one little bit. And I kept getting trying to get more and more drunk so I could try to enjoy it more. And that just made me angrier. I was I was drunk enough that I could not throw the ball for your dog without hitting <laughs> some part you of your furniture. You threw it directly into the bar cart a few times. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Yeah, it's right. I don't think I broke anything. I don't I think so either. Chaos. Yeah, uh, yeah, not a good movie. Don't watch it. Um, 
It's it's Accurate. about a ghost in a house. Um, that's about it. I wrote one note down, which is just this movie sucks. <laughs> that was the extent of my note taking. For I will say for the listener though that Mark Mark did the thing that he usually does, which is he took the mantle of like I'm going to like defend this movie. You were the apologist for longer. Jack and I pretty much jumped on immediately, immediately. and yeah. you did what we need out of you, which is Absolutely. to say, hold on, give this thing a minute. Yeah. Mark was heroic. But you turned on it faster than most. You t- Yeah, most of the time you do that for a while. But this one, you had a visual, like an audio-visual cue where you're just like, drunk, drunk, drunk. nope, this movie sucks. I'm and, not doing it anymore. And I wish I remember what that was, <laughs> but I don't. It might have been the it might have been the CG of the person in the wall. Because oh, they do that man. a couple times. There's just like a one of the people just like in the in the vents or in like the weird black thing that he pulls out. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird film there were many times I don't remember which one specifically but there were many times where I was like yeah this is definitely a bad movie (laughs) yeah not great I lasted longer in Hell House LLC 3 the Abaddon Hotel defending by a long ways yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh man we're ending on a double downer then huh Uh, I mean you know I had fun I had fun but yeah yeah, always have fun with you guys alright let's uh, let's get into the feature presentation yeah sure we're only 35 minutes in (laughs) Last week's episode was like almost two hours long. It's been a month since we talked about things, okay? I still have two more movies I haven't even brought up yet. <laughs> Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 2016's The Love Witch. Now, Mark, you picked this movie. Uh-huh. I'm curious as to why, because I also, over the last week, have seen like two other horror movie or movie podcasts on Twitter say they're reviewing this movie this week. Was there something That's that weird. you saw related to it that they might have also seen? Like, is it is it renew, of renewed relevance? Why'd you pick this? So, as I do every year, towards the end, I always read up on the lists of, like, best horror movies, best horror movies of the last decade, things that I need to see from 2019, whatever. Uh, obviously, this isn't on the 2019 lists because it came out in 2017 or 16 or 18 or something. Unclear. Impossible to know. Um, but... This is on many lists that I came across of best films from twenty from the twenty tens. Okay. Um, just to dive into it a little bit, it is on Metacritic's must watch list. It has an eighty two, but it's listed as a must see. Uh, it's on Rotten Tomatoes as a certified fresh, has a ninety five percent on the Tomatometer. I'd seen these things out there. I think what, I think the main one I saw was the Rotten Tomatoes list of just like their numeric rankings of like this one's super high, so you got to see it type thing. Okay. Uh, IMDb has it on. It only has like a six point something on IMDb, but for whatever reason, it's still pretty high. I mean, that's high for a horror movie. Sure. It was, I mean, it was written and directed by Anna Biller, right? And it's supposed to be like a heavy feminist movie. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into that. I'm sure. All, us, the feminist scholars, two weeks in a row. Hey, is it Women in Horror Month? When's Women in Horror Month? Because if it's January, we're kind of nailing it's it. It's either February or March. Damn yes, it. It's February. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're doing it a month early. It's always Women in Horror Month. Vice has it in its top 30 films of the decade. Uh, in front Not of, just horror movies, just films? Sorry, no, horror movies okay. of the decade. In front of Hush, Tigers Are Not Afraid, and Us. Wow. Yeah, I mean... Think about so so that was the context I had going in, and I've been increasingly trying to find stuff I know nothing about, so that I can go in blind. Yeah, because that I've found is the best way to do it. That that's the way you get the most surprise out of things. You don't you're not spoiled on it. But even, I knew absolutely nothing about this movie except that it was rated high. I knew the poster, the yeah, and wow. that was 
100% all I knew. Seeing yeah. the poster tells you something about this movie, it, though. It does. It does. So, yeah, I mean, I knew it was sort of stylized in that way. We we we, we had this on an HRR when it came out. Mm-hmm. Did we? Yes, wow. we did. We have absolutely talked about this movie on the horror release roundup. Well, but, okay, wow. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I had heard, I knew it from that, and then I had seen that it had been rated highly, and that was, that was why I picked it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, this will let you know how much I knew about this movie. I chose, Mark, I flew down here to Salt Lake, and I chose to download the movie to my phone and watch it on the plane. Which is, um, a preposterously bad idea. That's how much I knew about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Okay, let me ask, let's start here. First off, you know the length of the plane flight. The the length mismatches the least of our worries here, but you knew the length of the plane flight. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell and you, you the length of the movie. I'll tell you where my head was at. Okay. This we're down here in Salt Lake because of a work trip for my lovely wife, and so her company flew us down here. And given that, like, this isn't a family trip. It's not a trip. It's not a vacation I planned. It's not a work trip for me. I've like checked the fuck out. I'm like, I, I just tell me when to be at the airport, and I'll be there, and I'll start <laughs> taking shots. Tell me how drunk I am allowed to be. Exactly. <laughs> That's precisely the instructions I've given my wife, and she's given me lovely instructions in that regard. So. Uh, I did not think about the length. I literally put no thought process into the length of the flight when I downloaded this to my phone. Okay. Here's what I was thinking, though. I wasn't excited to see it based on the poster and the one-sentence description on Amazon, but I wanted to give it a fair shite shake, and so I wanted to be <laughs> a fair shot. A fair shite. A fair shite. <laughs> so I, what I wanted to do was be fully engrossed in it, and so I chose to do that by, I can't have any other distractions on this airplane. i am got to be engrossed in this movie. Nothing else I can beep around with what or whatever fuck? are you censoring yourself i don't know i was trying to i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. what is happening the energy here is weird i'm different it's, there's no carbon monoxide i'm freaking out he, i have too much oxygen in my body you couldn't be distracted um, except for by the loud ass plane engine and your little well, two inch screen it, it's okay it's a fine screen that's not like and you're really oh, no, fucking it, close to it, it. the thing things. that i find fascinating about this is because he chose to watch this on a plane, which in your definition is the most immersive way to watch a movie? Well, I'm fully focused on it, right? I can't be, and I can't be playing on my phone because I'm watching it on my phone. Okay. So necessarily, I can't be playing Pokemon. I could have brought my Switch and played Pokemon. Shit. I, I fucked this fucked up. I yeah, fucked this fucked up. up. Yep. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, I knew nothing about this movie either. Jake, had you seen this movie before? No. He asked knowingly. No, I knew okay. almost any, I, I, I knew almost the same things Mark knew. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it short. I guess the only other question I have is this go horror? back to Jack. No, well, <laughs> because we're we're gonna need to talk about that. I don't think it's a horror. We're movie. gonna need to talk about the is this horror? The, it is. I, I like triple check this thing. It is rated as horror on everything. Everywhere. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, what would you have to have seen in order for you to not think this was an appropriate movie on an airplane? Dongs. That there were dongs in the first eight minutes of the fucking movie. You wanted so you wanted the poster to have a dong on it. Like I, mean, you, I don't know. Your vetting process seems very loose, is what I'm getting. Look, at. this wasn't a, this was only a bad plane movie because of I was sitting in amongst a group of Hannah's coworkers <laughs> and trying to like cover my phone. It was better than Terrifier to watch on a plane, but it was yeah, pretty guys, bad. Like, I gotta watch some softcore pornography. Yeah, for the next two hours. There's immediate nudity for like a long time. Well, you know the the feminine form is divine. It is. Jack. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So is the masculine form. No. No? Okay. It's utilitarian. It's we're getting around. It's like a Jeep. We're defilers. <laughs> we're like the Land Rovers, you know? <laughs> anyway, 
Um, we should probably... I've, I've lost track of any semblance of segments. Uh, Mark, you picked this movie. I did. That means you're going to have to get us a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds are on the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Okay, I have no idea how this is going to go. Elaine is a love witch who uses sex magic to seduce gentlemen. Uh, she seduces them and then they ultimately die of either heart attacks or they kill themselves, essentially. She does this to one of her best friend's husbands who slits his wrists in the tub. During the investigation of multiple deaths, the detectives find Elaine and then one of them falls in love with her and then ultimately she once again seduces him and then instead of having him kill himself or die, she kills him with a dagger. Tie. Symbolically? <laughs> so that she could match the painting on the wall? Yeah. There's <laughs> art there's... and there's feminism. Absolutely. Uh, and there's sex magic and at one point there's a used tampon in a, in a mason jar. As with a urine. She pees into a jar. Yeah. I have some questions about her her pee stream it seems very weak and broken what now now is as good a time as any jack <laughs> ask your questions it's just like dribbling out she's peeing so slowly she's got to do more keggles i guess is that what it is i don't know okay pelvic floor exercises i think <laughs> i think she should see a doctor is all i'm saying well, but doctors are Western medicine. She seems like she's more of a homeopath. <laughs> yeah. I think she just needs to have some, like, milk of magnesia or something. Yeah, echinacea, root, and... There's, like, a powdered root somewhere that she probably has to drink, and that'll, For that'll sure. help her. That'll yeah. help her. I think or some of it's in my stream. tea. Something in a, like, exactly. yeah, a, a, what, two parts per million solution in water that can't yeah. be chemically active in any way, shape, or form that yeah. is going to cure... Yeah, uh-huh. that'll help. She's gonna have. She needs to have some aspirin root, but definitely not some aspirin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I like all that. All right, Mark, you did a pretty good job. The plot of this is pretty straightforward. I mean, just from a things that happen standpoint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never really thought I would describe the intro to a movie as Elaine is a love witch who uses sex magic, but she does. But she does. Well, okay. Let me let me amend that. I never thought I would describe a movie that is not a pornography as that. <laughs> well, I'm not convinced this isn't a pornography. There's no. They don't show you penetration, but it gets pretty close. This is. I I I had this as a note, and I didn't know where to put it into the three categories. So I want to bring it up here before we get into it. This movie feels like there there is any any point in this movie felt like it was about to break just into a 25 minute scene of penetrative sex oh yeah just no, this, hardcore porn the, all of a sudden in the middle of the movie any 10 minute chunk of this movie is the preamble to porn <laughs> exactly yeah just uh yeah when the, the the very first like introductory scene when the realtor walks up and she's or not realtor but the lady who like designed the apartment or whatever well, yeah, I, she's I like questions let me about show that. you around they was so close just suddenly coming in with a bass just bounce bounce let me ask you this question about the plot. Is the movie saying that magic is real, that her witchcraft is working, or is she just really hot? I think <laughs> the magic is real. Okay. I think the opposite. Oh, okay. a little Here bit of clash. Go. A little bit All of clash right. to get things started. All right, look, we, I, we, I can't wait to dive into this movie writ large, so let's talk about what in the fuck subgenres of horror this fits into, starting with the overarching caveat. Is this a horror movie? Because I yeah. don't think it is. What, what genres this does this is not fit a horror into? Movie. Let's not start at subgenres. Um, what, like, this isn't a horror movie, right? I guess the more interesting question is, why does everyone consider this a horror movie? Because it has witchcraft, and people die, and there's some blood. Like, it's such... I don't know. This feels like such a half-acid sort of 
potting into the horror genre to me. I I don't and, really and, know why. It's post horror, guys. It's post horror. I'd, okay. I'd like to know yeah, if the director considers it horror because she's never trying to like use dread or suspense. Really, those aren't aspects of the movie. I think the other thing is that yeah. people are probably just like making connections. Not th- let me be clear. This is not the intent <laughs> of the director, creator, producer, everything. But when people the views watch expressed this, in this interview are not the views of the, of the makers. Yes, of the I think when people watch this, they see things that remind them of a very specific part of horror history, namely yeah. Hammer films of the late sixties and early seventies. Hammer films, and also the birds. Like this, this pulls from Hitchcock's cinematography. Yeah, so it hard. does. So there are elements that I you see. I think it's just the sixties. <laughs> yeah, it's just but there are North elements that you see from this, horror. Yeah that you see here, and then I think that that probably helps with people being like, yeah, okay, this is horror. Okay. Kind of reminded me of Peeping Tom. Is that the name of the movie? I don't think this is a horror movie. I just want to get that out there right now. I I mean, that's that's pretty much par for the course. Mark picks a movie that is not a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. I got close. Yeah, all right. Now let's, okay, assuming for the sake of argument, assuming, argumendo, it was a horror movie. (laughs) Argumendo? Yeah, add argumendo. Okay. Uh, in my defense, like I said, I went blind. IMDb has this as a horror movie. Rotten Tomatoes has a horror movie. Wikipedia has this Mark, as a horror movie. Mark, the second I got off the plane, I was Googling madly trying to find one publication that referred to this as not a horror movie so I could berate you, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, so, you know what? I fucked up with the Gasper No One. I, I, this, is, this, is, this is defensible. This one's not on you. Okay. Yeah. This one's not on you. This, this is, is on, on the, the world, world man. <laughs> All right, but what subgenres would it fit into besides witches? Do we have witches as a subgenre? Because we should. Witches get stitches. I don't. Jake's eyes are darting around like insanely, and he's not saying anything. How do you not have possible? witches? How do we not have? Do... <laughs> is it a sub subgenre? I, I mean, know. now we have it because I just added we it. have art slash experimental, but we didn't have witches. Art slash experimental is an important subgenre. I okay. think it could probably. I think this fits into that. One of those yeah. says Jake is getting dumber. <laughs> number sub subgenre number sixty three says Jake is getting dumber. I've never looked at this actual list. I don't know where it is. I think it's a running inside joke just with myself because I'm the only <laughs> one who looks at it. You're the only one who knows where it is. It might be on your personal Google. Drive, it's under content. I, it is under our main folder. It's under content. Content isn't our main folder. It, it, Podcast so is our main well, folder. Okay, it's impossible. It's oh, the system is so bad. The funniest yeah, part of that is up. that by Jake, he certainly means Jack. Another one. <laughs> You're both getting. Done another one that true. this fits into is exploitation. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I buy that. Explain. Say but it's more kind of reverse that. exploitation. Yeah. Wait. I'm gonna need it's you to It's filmed in the style one. of an exploitation film. I mean, it's exactly Style-wise, what I yeah. already said. People who Content are watching this movie not, are though. going to naturally sort of think back to movies like those Hammer films that were exploitation <laughs> films, regardless of what this is. Which is to take a type the the look that it is going for is reminiscent of exploitation, regardless of whether or not that's the intent of the creator. It yeah. is going to make people think of that type of film. Oh, so therefore, and I it think is. it is absolutely trying to play with those tropes and reverse yeah. them, right, and sure. flip them. So I, I mean, think that's yeah, weird. yeah, it can be satire or whatever, but it still feels a hell of a lot like an exploitation film. Yeah, I'm starting to get us off track again here, but I'm, I'm looking at this list now on Mark's computer. In between Serial Killer and Jake is Getting Dumber, subgenre number 62 just says footage. 
Well, I think we watched a movie that wasn't quite found footage. <laughs> so it's so just it was footage. just footage. We also have one between mystery and remake slash reboot that's cleavage. This definitely falls under cleavage. Does it? I mean, just there's not much cleavage. It's mostly just breasts. Can you have one without the other? You need, you kind of need clothes to get the cleavage to going. get them pushed together. Okay, right. fine. So yeah. this is definitively not a cleavage movie. No. Okay. Put a sub sub genre under cleavage of cleavage, no clothes, just breasts. Done. Done. Good. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Uh, I don't have any other. Jake eight. is not happy. He's picking his beard. You know what? He's in the experience that I have every week. He, he's he's just trying to participate in the conversation. We have like all this shit happening on It's our because side. he's in this lazy chair. He can lean back. I hate it. This is a bad paradigm. Yeah. That's why I, I give him a hardback chair when he comes to my recording studio. <laughs> you, give him, you give him one of those chairs we had to sit in in high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're made out of iron. Now it just now it feels like he's being stubborn. Now he's not saying anything on principle, I think. He's got his arms behind his head. I hate him. Look at him. He's smug. I mean, he's always smug. This yeah, is how he looks smug. all the time. We should regardless move Regardless of who he's recording with. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about what the movie does right. This is a good thing. This is why it's better when you two are in the same room. Because <laughs> when Jack and I are in the same room, this is what happens. <laughs> um, okay. The style and cinematography of this movie are beautiful. It's And I don't understand enough about the inner workings of cameras, but I'm, I'm, I'm given to understand it was shot on 35mm filmed directly onto film negative. And everything says this is the last movie filmed like that. And I don't know what that means. I do know the end result is it looks like North by Northwest and I fucking love it. Yeah, I mean, technology has evolved, but that doesn't mean we can't go back and use old technology. Yeah. They just did that. It's really cool. Yeah, it's authentic. Certainly. And it's evocative and it like fits the tone of the movie's going for. I, I think it works fantastically. I guess the bigger question here is I mean, I don't disagree with you. That is why this that is one of two reasons why this movie is notable and is frequently talked about, and I would assume why it's rated so highly in a lot of like film critic circles. It's because it does it nails the stylistic standpoint. I guess my question would be like why do you go for that stylistic standpoint? Like what in a movie that is trying to make a point, I don't know specifically what that point is, but like what, what about this filming methodology helps elucidate that point of generic nebulous feminism that they're going for? Yeah. Because, because you're, you're evoking an era when women were, I mean, horribly underrepresented in film and in terms of just human rights and the ability to do things. So you're like, you're contrasting that and the vibe you get from like watching those old movies where the hero would just slap a woman sometimes halfway through the movie and continue to be the hero. That happened up through the mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, See, I know what you did last summer. Oh Christ. And it probably still happens, unfortunately, but either yeah. way, like it happened a lot in those old fifties, sixties movies. And you're contrasting that against the, like, here is a protagonist in this movie, right? You have, you have, what's her name? El, Elsa. Elaine. Elaine. Uh, Elsa's this is what happens name, when you watch right? her on a plane. Frozen's about a witch. <laughs> he was so immersed, he didn't learn anybody's <laughs> name. Um, I, I, I remember Griff's name. But he was so handsome, he looked like Clark Gable. Was Griff the cop? Yeah. Yeah. He's so handsome. He is pretty handsome. Yeah, his oh, jaw. He's got a very hot. square jaw. Yeah, man. Um, but you're, you're evoking this era where, like, women had not enough rights and... Still probably don't, but you're evoking this era and contrasting it against a woman who is taking her own power, right? She, I don't kind of like this at the end, but at the end she monologues like, I'm doing it for myself because men do things to women and now I'm a woman doing things Oof. to men. There are a lot of monologues in this movie. There are. <laughs> well, it's like half monologue, dude. 
It's like a half monologue. I the I agree completely. I, and the other thing that I I want to mention here in what the movie does right because I think they're inherently connected is the sets and props, primarily the sets, but it is so intricate. It's like this maximalism in terms of interiors. Like I, the one that stands out most to me is that tea house they go to at the start that's like they show up and they're inside of a fucking cake all of a sudden is how it feels. Yeah. There's the woman playing the harp and all that. It's just this, it's, it's such a weird, dreamy, melodramatic thing that it makes you so, feel. And I think it's I all that, connected. That and the way they filmed it. You can't have one without the other. I love For that sure. you're saying this because one of the things I wrote immediately is I don't think a movie can use the word, I don't think a character in a movie can use the word garish without being in a garish movie and that is like one of the first 10 lines of dialogue yeah. is she's apologizing about how garish the apartment is well, and, and that's so, exactly what this whole movie yes. is. it sounds like you guys didn't like what I'm about to talk about here but I also thought it fit the tone of the movie really well and ties into everything we're talking about is the dialogue and the kind of acting style that goes throughout it is hell no I agree to, it's called yeah, presentational acting Right, it's kind of like yeah. was started with kind of the Shakespearean era, where the the person, the actor, even if the dial, it's not breaking the fourth wall, right? They're not referencing the audience, but the actor is acting in a way that clearly indicates they're aware of the audience, and it's over emoting and it's over eloquacious and all that stuff. Right. This is so the one I had written down. I mean, I, I, me and Jake both agree with you on this point. So okay, I like that you launched into this. Well, you said assuming you, that we didn't. I like didn't it. think you like. It didn't sound like you liked the monologues. You said we'll get into that later. And I thought that was like a necessary part of it. There's two halves to it. I, the style, I, all of this fits under the style of the movie, I yeah. say. But uh, I fucking loved and underlined this in my brain a couple times. I use it on a word processor, so I can only underline it like once. But <laughs> um, the, the whole exchange when they're introducing the two gumshoe detectives and they're talking about how strong they like their coffee and there's like this sexual tension between griff and the uh, the the other woman police officer yeah. who's making him coffee even though she's a full-on other police officer <laughs> and not just like some you know assistant or something right uh <laughs> the exchange between those two was the thing that like that did click for me and maybe i mean look this is a movie about feminism and it's probably kind of funny out there to gender studies scholars that the exchange between two stereotypically heteronormative male police officers was the thing that I thought was the most funny, but that was the thing that I thought was most <laughs> funny and like rang the most, not the most true, but like the most sardonic and, uh, whatever yeah. other word I'm trying to say here. We're like using a lot of big words this episode. Did this movie make us smarter? I, well, I mean, we did not pick the, the subcategory of Jake is now dumber. So that's true. That, that's by true. definition, I think make, <laughs> makes us say that we're all now smarter. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that you pointed to your computer for my benefit, and there's a, just a different page up on your computer. Yeah, well, I'm not <laughs> used to having another person in the room with me. <laughs> I know, it's this weird. Is weird. Yeah, I'm not used to sitting right, we're facing the same way, too. That's a little weird. Well, we got Jake as the third person. Look, you've got a great setup here, Mark. I like it. I took it's a lot fantastic. of time to set this up. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot, same thing along the style things. Jake, like you mentioned, the costuming, the sets, that's all really cool and beautiful and goes fits in perfectly. Um, I, and Anna Biller did all of it. All of it. Yes. She wrote, yes. she directed, she produced, she literally produced everything. She like made the fucking costumes by hand. How long did this take her? I have no idea. She painted the paintings. Like, How it's long wild. did this take her? 
I ten have, years. I know her, her previous, well, her previous movie came out in 2007, and this one came out in 2016. So, so yeah, ten years, yes. maybe. Yes, I mean, it did take her What ten a years. labor of love. Like, just she, the sheer magnitude of what she did. I mean, this is a small movie, but nothing about what she did was small. No, and, I mean, it's, it's why it feels like the style feels so cohesive. Because she yes. did all of it from that's, her vision. That's a really good point. That is one other thing that we should separate and highlight is that this movie does feel cohesive. It's a, it's a little ragged around the edges, but like it does all of the scenes together feel like they are part of the same movie, which is not something you can usually say about yeah. this type of thing. Yeah, there, there are a couple like, I don't know, I'll call them anachronisms, I guess, that we can get into a little bit later, but I agree. <laughs> well, speaking of anachronisms, I mean, one thing I really liked about this movie is it's not trying to be ambiguous about when it's set, right? She uses a smartphone at one point. There's like a 2012 model BMW that's featured throughout. It must have been her. So car we're jumping right in into almost it. Almost every scene. I mean, we're jumping. I feel right like that does it. mean that it is being ambiguous about when it's set. No, I, I'm saying it isn't being. Amb- it's not ambiguous about when it's set. It's clearly set in the modern day. She uses a smartphone. There's a BMW. But I love the fact that it just like yeah, it's it, everything looks like it's set in 1962. Except and for it's the technology. filmed, yeah. but there's just modern cars and cell phones. Fuck it. And all the police officers are also from the 1960s. Yeah. That's kind of what I am. Like, it is sort of ambiguous in that way. Everything is from the 1960s <laughs> except for a few pieces of technology. Yeah, but also, I mean, their their cop cars are not, like, old. They're not old-timey cop cars. They are... Aren't they? Aren't they, like, a Crown whatever? Crown Vic? I mean, it's like a 90s Crown Vic. So we have a 90s Crown Vic with 60s police officers using smartphones? Yeah. And that's not ambiguous? I don't. I mean, a lot of police stations still have 90s Crown Vics in the rotation. <laughs> well, I mean, you should. They're the best. <laughs> everything from the 90s. Cop car. Mark thinks everything from the 90s is the best. Dude, Crown Vics are the cop car. <laughs> don't <laughs> Absolutely, shit. yeah. That's I was noticing Chevy's. that your cops here in Salt Lake use Chevy Impalas, new Impalas as cop cars. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't feel like that's just Salt Lake. I feel like that's most places. No, Chargers are the new thing. Most. Well, places. we have Chargers here too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, this is ABC Horror Talks about Cop Cars podcast. How to spot them? You know, <laughs> I use the Waze app. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Billy. Um, anyway, so I thought that was a really cool choice to just be like, no, we're not going to pretend it's not 2015 in this movie or whatever, like modern era. Oh my she god. Uses a smartphone to call her, but we're. And the rest of it's just styled differently. Get Jake, over it. Jake, what are you reacting Biller did to? the music, too. Another thing that I had Jesus listed down Christ. was the music. <laughs> this woman is... That's insane. I think the music for this fit really well and aided my viewing experience, oh. I'll say. She did that, Absolutely. too. I had the music in Does Middle. Uh, only because... Yeah. it. This is sort of like what you were saying last week about the music in Jennifer's Body. It does fit the vibe of the movie but it is also so i'm gonna reuse a word here garish that <laughs> it, it also is a joke in and of itself and in a way it took me out just because of how like over the top it was for a lot of the thing yeah uh but i mean it's definitely it's definitely like a noticeable character yeah. on the screen yep yep especially when there's just a harpist fucking in the background singing trolley i'm gonna have a lot to say about that when we're gonna get to another segment i have a lot of things to say about <laughs> that fucking harpist hey she's no joanna newsom am i right <laughs> Um, I will, another thing I wanted to pot in what the movie does right here is for a movie that's this heavily focused on like sexuality and love and all that kind of stuff. It, the sex scenes are beautiful. Love seems like a weird take. Uh, I mean, it depends on your definition of love, right? They keep saying love, so. They keep saying love. I feel like this entire thing is just lust. Yeah, yeah. There's there's absolutely no love built into this. That's like the whole thing though, right? (laughs) 
because like look sure, at her exactly, viewpoints yeah. about like how to like gain love and that's really all just lustfulness you know yeah right there's yeah. there's some wild horniness going on here but like there's no tender loving no no there is not happening yeah i suppose you could argue that there's love between the friend and her husband who elaine ends up seducing but there isn't because they're mean to each other really at the start and then he cheats yeah. on her immediately there is no yeah. love in this movie <laughs> There is none. Yeah, no love. There's I also love that there's no there's no build up to that affair either. It's just like the second her friend goes out of town, it's like, hey, husband, come over here. And he's like, okay. He's like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and she's like, uh, do you ever fantasize about stuff? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to cheat on my wife. <laughs> she's like, I can help you with that. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, I can work with this. <laughs> I'm kind of out of stuff. The movie does hard right. Um, I we blew past all the movies does right a long time ago on my list. Okay. Jake, everything else does right? No, I'm ready to go to middle. Okay, Mark's thing was middle for the music. For the music, yeah. Yep. I don't really have anything that does middle. It's a, it's. I never really understand this category God. except when I, I do. Love it's like you... pornography. You know it when you see it. Except for sometimes you don't like this movie. Sometimes you're unclear this whether or not porn. it's pornography. Horror, comma, porn. <laughs> I think that Supreme Court case would be a lot less frequently quoted if the quote was, it's like pornography, you know it when you see it, except sometimes you don't and it's hard to tell. <laughs> I think you were going to say if it was about anything other than porn. Like... It's like art. I know it when I see it. Like, no one would quote that shit. <laughs> well, also, that's not true. Some things I'm like, that fucking isn't art. I get irritated that people think it is. And then I get irritated myself for being upset at what people think is art. People think whatever the fuck they want is art. Yeah, well, you know, is this art? Except this Picasso. Art? Fuck that guy. Definitely not art. <laughs> Picasso, yeah. No <laughs> that non-artist. That Picasso. Uh, all right. Um, Jake, did you have a middle... Um, He's chewing on a pencil. Stop leaning away from the mic. You have to. You get so panicked and you have to lean forward so fast. I think that's affecting <laughs> you and only you. It's freaking me out, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really. He's not used to conversing with you over internet. No, he I can't don't handle like it. it. He can't handle Plus, my powerful his chair. Nuts once it's horrible. It's weird. I'm, I'm shaken. Yeah, why are you so shook, Jack? Because I can't fondle your nuts. Oh, that is good for calms both of us. Me. You're right. It calms he, me. He's a love warlock. <laughs> And his definition of love is not fondling. You're actually touching on, you know, <laughs> let's let that breathe. I almost got a spit take out of him. You might yet. There was a lot of beer, but no, that would have been a lot of spit. Oh. It's all over your watch and notepad, so I mean, it would have, I would have been fine with that. It's easy to clean a glass table. Why did I take my watch off? I don't know. Oh, because I was banging it on the glass table. Mm, it was sense. clanking around. Yeah. Ooh. Holy shit, I'm at this sh- point, I'm prepared to just fucking blow past middle. Do you want me to okay. talk? Okay. Yeah, yes. go. The only thing that I have here is that, and it is related to what you, the joke Mark just made. I, the the coven of witches, its not presence funny. is <laughs> not really explained, but given oh. something we're gonna talk yeah, about later soon, <laughs> I'm pretty okay with that. With them not launching into an explanation and backstory to this, and like all the burlesque and how they're involved with that, like I'm cool. Don't have to explain it to me pot it in the middle and move on okay fair enough i do kind of want to pause though and talk about it even though you said you wanted to kick it into well, the next he wants to talk about it and does wrong okay let's just do it then let's we're jumping it does wrong let's jump in it does wrong go okay, the coven of witches um <laughs> what what is, the, what is the thesis statement of the there are a lot of things i'm unclear on, on tits and dongs mark tits and dongs they seem opposed in general to the way elaine conducts her business sometimes Sometimes, not all the time, but most of the time, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they're helping her. I think they're cool with her doing love magic 
but not cool with her killing people, but she's not killing something. people. Well, but she is killing people as an extension of her love magic driving people, her sex magic driving people insane. <laughs> her blood sugar sex magic? Yes. <laughs> Suck my kiss. <laughs> my God. Jake, do you have anything to weigh in on? on do you this? have any Red Hot, Chili, Red Hot, 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 Hot Chili Peppers references, Dad? <laughs> I dream of Californication. <laughs> One time I sat behind Flea on an airplane and he ordered a gin and tonic. Good. It's a little celebrity story. I know. Fascinating celebrity stories from Jack. Second best bassist of all time. Jake, what was your actual... <laughs> Wait. What? What? Flea's a really good bassist. Flea man. is a really good bassist. Second best. But he's also famous for being... I assume then you're putting John Entwistle above Flea, because Flea says in almost every interview he does he can't play like John Entwistle could. Fine, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's the third best. Okay. My number one was going to be Bootsy Collins. It's a great pick. Yeah. 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 We're also, you got different, this one you can distinguish jazz from rock. Now I'm referencing a conversation that isn't even horror related or that was in a whole other chat. Okay. That's... We were, we were trying to, we were, we were relitigating who the best drummers of all time was because Neil Peart died, poor one out. Listener, Mark and I being in the same room is uh, not good for the <laughs> congruousness of the show. Jake is learning that as the person on the, the call, <laughs> you have to be more assertive to well, break up the conversation. He might be alerting that, but he's doing the opposite. He's leaned back fully. He's going to sleep. So let's get back to the He's topic. pulled a sombrero slightly down over his eyes. <laughs> he's taking a siesta. Let's There's a feather going up and down above his mouth. Jake, you... Brought this up in the first place yes. of what the role of the coven of witches is. Say your piece. Wait, what? Yeah. Say it again? We're now in Does Wrong. What do you Bring want me to talk coven about? Of witches. Bring your coven of witches theory full circle into Does Wrong. Well, I don't really have a theory about the coven of witches. I was just oh, saying Jesus. that they have it. It's kind of inexplicable. If you want to get into like whether or not there's actual magic happening here, or if it's just like some fucking people who are really weird in a lane, is this I, like crazy person like we can talk about that but that's not necessarily what the movie does well, wrong that's just talking no, no, about but the you, movie while talking about the coven you said because of something that's going to come up later on oh yeah well that's that's a totally different thing than the coven of witches so if you want me okay. to change the subject i'm happy to and that's at the movie i want you to talk about what you were going to talk so about i don't know what you're talking fucking about long this is a two, full <laughs> two-hour movie that did not need to be remotely this long it overstays no, it its welcome by a full 30 minutes, if not more. This could have been an and hour And part of 20. that is because they included a coven of witches that doesn't seem to serve any functional purpose, except for maybe lending, like, a small amount of the benefit of the doubt that this is, like, an actual thing that exists. Yes, well, I think that there's, that's, like, more that's than exactly one person why. in like, the world. That's, that's somewhat important. Like, if it's she's just there... Then that's one thing, but to get it gives it a little bit of credibility, and I guess there's some world building to it. But if it were to do any more with that coven, then it would have taken even fucking longer. That's the point. Yeah. Okay, here's the, here's the problem with that though. So if you're gonna go with that, it lends credibility to everything. Why do they spend 25 fucking minutes of the movie? You know, they cut back to the two twin dancers that are on stage at the burlesque show. They have these multiple conversations between Elaine and the other two at the at the club about, like, what sex magic is. And she has this whole extended monologue about how you use sex magic to destroy his fear of you and open his heart to the floodgates of love. I wrote the whole thing down. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say. It's quite interesting. Uh, and then they have, right, am I wrong here? Multiple different, like, scenario, like, actual... They cut back to the one ritual a couple times where Elaine is she initially anointed into the witchhood. Yeah. And then you have the one at the end of the movie, like not as the penultimate thing, but like c close to that, where everyone's just running around. It's just the orgy that they have. 
the witch's orgy. Yeah. You could have cut out three of these four things and still lent the legitimacy to witchcraft. 100%. Including, by the way, they're not only a coven of witches, they're a coven of witches slash Renfair enthusiasts. You could have cut out all the Renfair scenes. Oh, I totally forgot about the Renfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. were multiple the Renfair scenes. The Renfair is a whole thing. That <laughs> oh was God. a really long part of the movie. Oh my God, there's so movie. many extraneous loose bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that was a really long part of the movie. I don't think you could have cut out the her being like reborn as a witch thing. No, you need that. Because that's extremely no, that's important to the whole Plus it's where gender all the are. part of this. Because yep. to gain the power and all of that that she now has, supposedly... She kind of has to give it up to this sleazy douchebag guy who leads their coven. Yep. Oh, and then there's like the one random other line that was kind of just a throwaway of like the four or five different types of witch that I did not write down. Yeah, I forgot about that. But there's like white witches that are Wiccans and dark witches that are something else. And then there's like the love witches. And there's like one moment in the movie where they're like, the I love's mean, witch. All, all witches are kind of the same, but also we're different sex and some people don't like each other and da, 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 whatever. Yeah. It's queuing it up for the sequel, Mark. Yeah, exactly. The Love Witch 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's too long. I, I agree. There's a lot of extraneous stuff in here. I think all the Renfair stuff doesn't need, doesn't do anything for any of it. Yeah. Um, the thing, primarily for me, what I thought this movie did wrong is this is a better movie to talk about and like theorize about than it is to watch. Like, I really appreciate the kind of stilted... You know, so it's a scary movie. <laughs> Motherfucker, <laughs> I, I like. I appreciate the the way it looks and the dialogue being overstated and this kind of you know representational oh, 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 monologues and all that stuff. It's not that fun to watch. Like I appreciate. It. I understand what they're going for. I think it does do that well. It's hard to sit through. If we had a fun rating in our ratings, our rating would, system's perfect. This in our objectively perfect rating system. This would get a one. This is one of the least fun movies I've ever had to watch. Uh, yes, especially if I at least could have felt free to not have to try and hide my phone during all the nudity parts. So, I had that as a note on here. My neighbors, I watched this on this TV, I'm pointing at Jack, he's in the room right now. It's a very large TV. And these were open, my bad. Uh, my neighbors just think I watch pornography on my big screen now. Well, Mark, uh, you kind of do sometimes. You've been known to throw pornography on. That's not big true. Okay. No, no, no evidence. No, no, no. Of That's that. hearsay. Hearsay. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I also like. I'm like. I have to do this professionally. I'm watching this professionally. <laughs> I get paid for this kind of. <laughs> we have a Patreon. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, it, it's one that like I really liked having seen, and I like talking about it with you guys. I, I like having experienced it. I don't think I'm, I'm ever going to watch it again. I'm pretty confident about that. Uh, I'm going to put it in a poll. Next time you lose, <laughs> make, Jack, make Jack watch The Love Witch again. It's the only option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Jake, we still haven't settled our bet. Did you watch any of Superbad? we got to figure out the Superbad. No, I, I never did. Okay. To be continued. To be continued. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't have a whole lot else the movie does honestly wrong. I'm ready to move to a particular station. No, I mean, I actually had here... Besides not being a horror movie. Which isn't what it did wrong, but it is, for our horror movie rating podcast, is something it did wrong. There are things here (laughs) that stylistically make sense within the movie. We already talked about the acting, but I did have written down in here that, like, the boisterous, weird line delivery might be knowing and winking, whatever you want to call it, but it does feel like you're watching the dress rehearsal for, like, a high school play. Yes, it does. Yeah. 
And it can be exceptionally for, cringy at some points. It can. And I think it's for I think it's purposeful, right? I don't think it was like something they okay. did poorly. But, but you know what happens when you set out I've to said do this, that. I've said this so many times. If you make a purposefully bad movie, it's still a bad movie. Right. I don't care what your intentions are. And I, I don't think it's purposely bad, but I think it's purposely like over the top. Garish. And, and loquacious. Purposely garish. Purposely garish, exactly. Yeah, okay. And that doesn't sit right all the time. Completely agree. Yeah. We hit we hit all three of mine for does wrong. So cool. Far, I'm so out. Jake, what else you got? Narp. All right. Blow that whistle, dog. Nice. All right. Nitpick station, boys. What do we got? What are, we, what are the nitpicks we got? Nitpick, cool Mustang. I love the Mustang at the beginning. Oh, yeah. And as an addendum to that, I, I like the homage, the homage, the homage. It's, <laughs> pay homage. It's, pay homage, pupil. It's like homage. Says. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre says, who says pay homage, pupil? Homage, pupil. I like <laughs> I like the homage, <laughs> the, the homage to the driving scenes, particularly in like Psycho is yep. what this reminded me of. Yep. But like the first five minutes of this movie are Elaine driving her car, but just moving the wheel completely independently. With the like, of, like projected background. background. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They did fantastic. That. They did that style pretty good. Yep. Fantastic. Um, she says the house is full of occult paintings. And it just seems to be full of paintings of people bare-chested with nipples. That's a cult, Does, does a cult just mean nipples? Yes. Yeah. I, I think, so, that there is probably a point to be made that a cult kind of just means sexuality in this movie. Yeah. Which is, in a way, sort of true, because America was founded by Puritans. But, well, okay, you're going to have to take this thought a few steps further, because I have no idea where you're coming from or going. <laughs> I understand that America was founded by Puritans. Yeah, the American sexual identity is a very prudent one. And is the occult anti-American? Is that the connection? I'm no, missing? what I'm saying is that the occult would be anything. Well, yeah, actually, in a way, yeah. So the occult would be the That's anti-American the other, Jack. That's the approach. other approach. Yeah, oh. exactly. So anything that is outside of that initial puritanical representation of America would be considered the occult. I see. Which in this case would just be feminism writ large. <laughs> yeah, nipples. Nipples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> Totally bodacious rats. I mean, I think there's actually a lot to that. We're not going to get back into the movie, but yes, to be like a woman and not just be underfoot and doing whatever, that's a like preposterous thought, right? Yes. In the, so not, actually, like, yeah, and that's why you have like the burn the witch thing, but okay, go ahead. Maybe, maybe we need to rewind a moment because I do think that one thing that this movie does wrong is its general thesis statement because... Within the movie, I, I don't know what the movie wants me to think of Elaine's philosophy. Okay. If that makes any sense. Her philosophy of give men sex so they'll love you. Sort of. Yeah. Well, Elaine and is also a sociopath. the multiple monologues. Yeah, so Elaine is a sociopath. So is she the protagonist or the antagonist? She's both. Because I don't think it's clear. I think she's both. And I think that's the point. Okay, but in that case, you're crossing the streams a bit philosophically on what point you're trying to make. Right. Is, is, is it acceptable and appropriate for women to be sexually liberated and in so doing via Elaine create these lustful zombies who end up killing themselves or whatever the point of the cult is where they don't actually espouse a point they kind of just debate with her about whether or not what she's doing is right right so this is part of this neo-feminist movement where the the idea is it's okay for both to be true right it's okay for her it's good and and laudable for her to fight for the rights of women and to take power as a woman that's all fucking great and good and it's also okay for those same women to have flaws and that doesn't defeat the purpose of the movement Okay, so what you're saying is this movie is complex yes. and uh, deals in a gray area. And I don't like that. <laughs> I'd like it to be, you know. I want it to be in one bucket 
that I can either agree or disagree with. Damn it. Okay, I have another nitpick. Let's get back on track here with nitpicks. I hate singing in a quiet dining environment more than anything else I can think of. You talking about the harpist? The harpist stands up and starts singing in a quiet tea room. Trolley la and la Holy da. shit. I would lose my mind. I know it's a ladies only tea room, but they let some handsome gentlemen in there like myself probably. Um and get a I fancy would, wife. Then I'd immediately get kicked out because I'd start screaming at the harpist like your job is to play the harp not to sing. <laughs> she it's a, already she a, a weird enough place. Voice. Those lyrics were pretty awesome though. <laughs> as far as as far as like the the world of this movie, everything else is believable, but the tea parlor, whatever the fuck this place is called, is a fully dreamlike. Well, so state. is I mean, so is that burlesque bar. It's also bizarre. I, the burlesque bar is more believable than what happens at this tea and cakes shop. <laughs> the tea room is astounding. It's yeah, a, it's a it's fantasy fucking, world. Yeah, yeah. That, full on fantasy. Everything else, fine. I, I'll buy into that one. The tea it, parlor, not. It also reminded me of when I went to a fancy restaurant Boise State and Lemp, and there was an opera singer there who got up two feet from my fucking head and started belting out opera. You for know what's funny? Ten straight minutes. <laughs> I was trying to remember what movie I remembered an opera singer standing up and singing at dinner, and I realized <laughs> that as you said that, I realized that I was just thinking of your own story. Of what happened. <laughs> Yeah. How much of your take on singing at dinner is based entirely on that? Happening? 100. Okay. <laughs> it hasn't happened anywhere it's, else. It's, I, happened it's happened <laughs> once and I hated it it's so much. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I like that there's a critique. Maybe I'm just reading too much into this. I like that there's a critique of homeopathy built into this one. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> I think, no, I think it is. Definitely. Her walking into the, the weird witch herbal store and being like, I sell witch bottles. Also... Voodoo dolls. <laughs> natural soaps. Yeah, I sell natural soaps and voodoo dolls. How's your voodoo doll market going? Here's a here's some psychoactive mushroom that if you feed some people, they'll trip for a little while and then die. You want to sell this? <laughs> well, here's, here's a nitpick I had. In my experience, people who are into that, like Elaine, right? All uh -huh. this homeopathy, making their own natural organic soaps, all this stuff. Those are not the people who buy white bread for their sandwiches to eat at lunch. And that was just a white bread sandwich she ate on that park bench. I feel like white... I, I, that's one of the weird anachronism. Is that an anachronism? That might be one of the weird 1960s-isms of this movie. Maybe. Wonder Bread was like a big-ass thing at the time, and now it's like totally... I mean, now you'd eat like Dave's Killer Bread or whatever <laughs> instead. Someone was trying to tell me that... I, I was eating a white bread sandwich not too long ago, and somebody was trying to tell me that's going to give you colon cancer. I was like... No, you, you fundamentally misunderstand. Nothing in white bread is going to give me colon cancer. I understand that certain parts of good breads are better for your colon than white bread. Yeah, but lack white of bread, fiber. White bread isn't going to give you colon cancer. Uh, there are a lot of chemicals that go into Wonder Bread. <laughs> That's probably true. I don't want to directly disagree with this yeah, person. If you're just tuning in, this is Wonder AZ bread. Horror Talks colon cancer podcast. This is the A to Z Horror Talks everything except for the love You probably shouldn't buy Wonder Bread. Let's just, I'm going to go ahead and say that. It's not going to do a whole lot for you. Yeah, but yep. a quick question, though. When was the last time you saw an actual loaf of Wonder Bread in someone's house? Uh, Wonder Bread's bankrupt. Wonder Bread went out of business, I think. Exactly. <laughs> I, I But to that point, I legitimately haven't seen, like, a loaf of white bread in someone's house in a long time. I buy white bread sometimes. Okay. Well, it's going to give you colon cancer, so well, I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, dude, you're going to die. <laughs> 
Uh, when she lays on the floor of the pentagram she drew with the candles around her, yeah. right? And then the camera like zooms up from the floor to view the shot. The candles, there's four of them, and they're not in the shape of a pentagram, even though she's laying in a pentagram. They're just random four candles placed around a pentagram. I hated it. I just drove me it's crazy. It's a square on a circle. <laughs> I hated it. It drove me crazy. Uh, this I have a nitpick that will be one of two different nitpicks depending on how you look at the scene. One, uh -oh. so okay, so my actual nitpick is she wears a wig into the tub, which I find a very strange thing. Yep. But alternatively, it could just be her not wearing the wig. So that would lead me to my other nitpick, which is that she has wig, a wig that looks her exactly wig like and her, her hair, hair are the same yeah, thing. I thought it was her actual hair. Yeah. And then I don't know. She also has a wig of it for some reason. Her her natural hair is just slightly less dark than her wig hair. It's yeah. not as but it's the, it's the exact same style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she basically puts it on. It's like ten percent more full. Yeah. Which leads me to a third nitpick that I had not announced. <laughs> well, no, disallowed. No, you have to announce your nitpicks. I have another nitpick. Okay, good. Uh, there really should have been, for like slapstick comedic purposes, there should have been a scene where she's wearing the wig and then someone dramatically pulls her wig off and then her underlying hair falls it's out as the exact same. same. <laughs> that would have been pure comedic gold. That would have been great. That is a nitpick. Uh, damn it. Yeah. I have a nitpick with the it. teacher. What was his name? Wyatt. What was his name? Wayne. Why? Sure. Wayne. 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 Was it? It was Wayne. Yeah, it was, it was Wayne. His was cabin Wayne. in the woods. It's yep. garish. A gothic mansion. Garish-ish on the inside. <laughs> I mean, he's got like silk sheets set up, and Some I know it's a love track and all that, but like pretty nice. The outside is a fucking disaster. I don't think those two coexist. He's got a full-on subsistence farm, man. I kind of appreciated the no, outside. No, he doesn't. Are you fuck off. Yeah, That's not what he has. Sure he has. <laughs> He has a garish subsistence farm. Jake's getting very that's, aggressive that's about this. That's terrible. That's a bad It's subsistence. Take. Jake, it's, it's subsistence, but it's like garish subsistence, you know? Well, I have a nitpick with that whole scene. When they're in the car out front, and she's like, drink this, and she produces a flask, and he's like, that's really strong. She's like, finish it. I wanted more dialogue there, because a hip flask is like five and a half shots. And if I'm on a date to go bang in the woods, and she's like, finish this, I'm like, I mean, I will, but... This is going to affect my performance weird. later. Like, yeah, it's going to get weird. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not going to be able to get it up. <laughs> I'm about to chug five shots of something very strong. <laughs> really? You're on a date with a beautiful love witch. Uh-huh. She tells you to finish a flask. You're not going to do it, Jack. I'd of, absolutely... of all people, you're the one no, who no. I would most anticipate no, no, finishing no. that flask. I would 100% finish that flask. <laughs> but I'd talk about it and be like, okay... But like it's a lot. Do you want any? I feel like what's going on with this? It's a lot. You bring, <laughs> and then she produces her own flask, and she says, "We'll do this together." Then that, what? Exactly. And then you have a great night. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all a blur, you know. Scene missing. <laughs> then you wake up and you're in handcuffs, and you don't know what's happened. No, you're in a basement somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. The only light you have is coming through like one of those tiny little. Basement you wake windows. up naked, handcuffed to a bar. You think it's a bedpost. It's a jail cell. So then you reassess. Like most Wednesdays, Mark. Yeah, I was going to say Tuesdays, but you're cool. I'm glad that we were <laughs> Look, we lead different century. lives. Yeah, we lead different lives. Yeah, my life is apparently one day behind yours. <laughs> Ahead of? Mine was Tuesday. Yours was Wednesday. Right. I would be behind you. What? Ahead of me. You did it first. You did it on Tuesday, then I did it on Wednesday, so you were ahead oh, of me. Oh, I see. Your time, your perception of time is different from mine. <laughs> you perceive time like Dr. fucking Manhattan yeah. over here? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I have, a I, I have a nitpick with your dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> His nitpick is that we're leaving him out of the conversation. <laughs> um, I, the whole 
soliloquy she goes on about tampons and how they're not gross. I agree tampons aren't gross. But you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say that. The, the point she's making is ruined by the fact that she's doing a gross thing. I don't think you tampons are making gross. a tea out of menstrual blood and piss and rosemary. Right. I can... I'm a, hey, look, Mark, I'm a modern man. A I'm allowed jar. to think that tampons aren't gross, but peeing in a jar and putting a tampon in it is gross. I think I'm allowed to think that. Yeah, that's nuance. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, that's the type of nuanced analysis we bring to the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same hey, thing as, like, look, everybody poops. Pooping is not gross. But if you shit in a bag, like, that's kind of gross. That's... <laughs> but if you shit in a jar... And there's our intro singer. <laughs> you nailed it. We got oh, it. man. We got there. You know, I like thinking about if we all had a really bad falling out and started to hate each other, how much we could fuck with ourselves by just picking clips from podcasts and sending it to random people. <laughs> yeah, if, if any of the three of us ever runs for political office, we are fucked. <laughs> Or, maybe we'll win, I don't know, it makes us sound authentic. Nothing matters anymore. Yeah, dude, have you seen the world? <laughs> we live in a nightmare. We're only, humanity's only gonna survive for another 20 years, I wouldn't worry 20. about it. <laughs> in the scene where her ex-husband is being a real asshole to her, telling her that, you know, she didn't have dinner ready fast enough or whatever... He also says, you also didn't clean up that hot dog under the bed. Yeah, what the Why fuck was there a was hot that? dog that was under the bed? Picks. What Tell was me doing? that story. She was just <laughs> chugging hot dogs. <laughs> I thought so. That whole that whole mo- that, I, I guess it's not a monologue. I don't know what to call that thing. That whole like aside on what the misogynist man sounds like <laughs> was one of the funniest things I think I've I've ever seen. And I think it's intended to. Oh, be Oh, definitely. But yeah, that shit was hysterical of like yeah you missed dinner three times last week you almost did okay also there was a hot dog (laughs) you didn't clean it up under the bed i need the backstory on how that hot dog got under the bed look if you're not incorporating wieners into sex then you're doing it wrong (laughs) because like well even if you are i can see you bump some stuff off the bed Right? <laughs> I like that. Jake Jake's move. Listener, listener, this is an audio meeting, so I'm going to explain. Jake leaned forward enthusiastically and then just nodded his head into the mic. When Mark talked about incorporating wieners into the bedroom. <laughs> I'm trying not to crosstalk, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that. I do like that you leaned forward in order to nod your head. That was, <laughs> that, that's the part that I thought was hilarious. To audibly nod his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need to, like, give him some, like, thing on his neck that makes it... Rrr, 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 when yeah. He, no. It's some probably not bad. Some sound, rickety cricket. Yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> Jake, did you have something to add to that or no? Oh, I nodded my head and said it's true. Yeah. Well, okay. Got there. All of the police work in this movie is terrible. Which makes sense, right? Because if it's a general send-up of 1960s culture, like the gumshoes cop dramas of the 1960s were yeah. terrible. Yeah, you do bring the reporting witness out to the crime scene and have her just traipse around the crime scene with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, fuck it. You're not taking You're not taking any evidence. You're just like, uh, you know what this is? Nope, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, the traffic stop at the start, too. He just rolls up it. and he's like, your, your taillight was out. He's not like, hi, do you have a license? <laughs> yeah uh he also he's an active detective who like okay i'll forgive that he might be driving a marked police car most detectives don't but i get that he could be but you probably wouldn't take your marked police car to go get hammered at the strip club that's probably not the vehicle you'd choose to drive in the 60s you might you but might. it's not the 60s it's 2015 or whatever <laughs> but it is we've already established this just because you said it wasn't ambiguous 
doesn't mean it's not ambiguous. One of the characters calls Elaine on her smartphone. You gotta get yeah. past the movie. that, dude. It happens in... No, that's an objective, clear setting. The No, Jack. That... <laughs> I think that that can be an anachronism. I think you're that fundamentally misunderstanding what it means to have an ambiguous. Yeah. That and the it's Beamer. unambiguous. That Jack. That and the cars and the like. It's this. <laughs> we already talked about this. He drives a '90s Crown Vic. It's a. It's a. Sh- and it's she a drives like a 2012 BMW. And she has a 2012 BMW, and she uses a smartphone from 2016. How is this not ambiguous? Because if there's something from 2016, it has to be at least from 2016. It's clear. It's. This is hey, let me ask you this. So they use music in the Knight's Tale from the mid-2000s. When was the Knight's Tale? Is it diegetic or non-diegetic music? It's non-diegetic. I don't give a then shit. It, then score doesn't matter. You're fundamentally misunderstanding. I am not. It no. No, it, no, it if, is diegetic they, to a certain degree because they're doing the We Will Rock You stomp like in the crowd. And then, it, and then, then it actually the Knight's Tale is a Ren Fair. Then the Knight's Tale <laughs> is just an elaborate Ren Fair. Okay. Yeah, this so, is such a bad... What? <laughs> Post-1987? When did, when did We Will Rock You come out? 1986? Sure. So it's a Ren Fair. Does it doesn't matter in terms of <laughs> Renaissance versus 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you have it. Jack thinks that this is an a, a unambiguous setting, and Knight's Tale was set in the 1980s. Uh, I also don't know that I, d- I don't know the scene Jake was referencing, so I'm going along with him on that. If that ends up not being correct, or maybe Queen just drew their inspiration from the medieval period, from film from the time, a from wax the days cylinder. of yore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wax cylinder of people chanting. Or just like books, what they thought about. Yeah. I think this movie is unambiguously set. That's so bad. If this this movie is unambiguously set, then everyone's style is so wildly off. It's stylized and set in the modern era. So there's two... uh, Maybe we should unpack this a little bit. There's two different things. So you have movies that are ambiguously set like... uh, It Follows. It follows. It Follows is the textbook definition of this where it's like... There's landlines, and that's kind of the best touch point you have. Maybe a reader of the clamshell thing. But, so it's kind of intentionally trying to avoid stating when it is. This is something that is of multiple different decades. Yes. Which could also be defined as ambiguous. But you don't necessarily have to choose the most advanced decade in order to say when this was set. But you it do, because be, she has a smartphone. Unless you're willing to accept that there were smartphones. I have an interesting point. <laughs> This is a sci-fi movie. It's a 1960s movie where there are smartphones. Argue with me. I'll go along with that. No, okay. sci-fi. I'll argue so, okay. with you. You it's don't sci-fi. think anything is a sci-fi movie. Therefore, this is not a sci-fi Except, movie. <laughs> uh, we now have a subcategory called not just hard sci-fi. Just not hard sci-fi. Just not. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. right. So it's that. Okay, it's fine. That. <laughs> now he's okay with it. I'm out of nitpicks. I had, a, I had one nitpick on the general like weird orgy scene thing at the end. It's not really an orgy. It's like just the witchcraft ritual. Like her the, the one that precedes her stabbing him? Yes. Okay. So I just thought it was kind of fun that there was like this hardcore, like normal, not normal, but like witchcraft thing of like there's candles and like chanting and a whole like organized procession of shit happening and then afterward they broke and there was like organ music and finger sandwiches yeah <laughs> yeah They're like now let's recess for like some nice light conversation i've never been to an orgy <laughs> but you have to imagine there's got to be like a snack bar a there's got to be a... finger sandwiches yeah, at some exactly. point yeah, you need not, those amuses bushes or whatever <laughs> nailed it thanks yep yeah, amuses bush <laughs> i found them amusing to steal a joke from friends. that's it that's it that's it. We gotta go to ratings. <laughs> we over there Dizzy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Melissa, we would rate Phil's knowledge of the Shawshank Redemption. 
It's my favorite movie, too. Big shank head here. <laughs> yeah, it's Tom Hanks at his finest, right? <laughs> Tom Hanks? What's your favorite part of Shawshankville? <laughs> uh, you know, so many parts, so many parts to choose from and to pick from. Uh, probably, you know, the, the part where the Shawshank is redeemed. It's like, you know, Hanks does some... Well, I've never seen it. Well, I'm, you, you gotta see it, you know? As they say in the movie, get busy living or get, get busy, busy dying. dying. <laughs> yep. Truly was a Shawshank Redemption. And for 10, think of a Marshawn Lynch would rate the trouble the Eagles were giving him. What was it about the running game? We know that the Eagles can stop the run, but why wasn't there any open lanes? I don't know. We won, though, so, I mean, I focus more on that than anything else. Where were some of those lanes getting closed up at? Who, who was causing the most problems inside? The Eagles. Stories, first guy to rate these movies. Mark, your pick, your story rating. Woof. Uh, panicking. I gave it a two. <laughs> That's... Very Do you have anything to say yeah. about that, too? No. <laughs> and so, this cool. is... The, the story... Look, it was like legitimately kind of hard to do the 30-second plot synopsis. Because the story here is just... Elaine is a love witch who seduces and kills gentlemen. That's the whole story. She moves from place to place, eventually, I guess. The, the cops get wise. And then she leaves. That seems like basically what happens here. This is a two-hour-long movie that doesn't have a plot. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it's, it does have. It has a plot, but man, does it? <laughs> does it, Jack? You just described her, it. I'll give you that her character doesn't really have an arc. No, no characters have an arc. There's no arc. This the, is a straight line of a movie. The woman from whom she's renting the apartment or whatever kind of has an arc of realization and changing. And I mean, that's a good point. This would be a better story if it were told from her perspective of a newcomer into town who seduced her husband, killed him, kind of. Yeah, but I'd forced him to kill himself. rather watch the actress who they had in the lead strip a whole bunch of times. I enjoyed that part. Oh, are we going to re... re <laughs> are we bringing this, this A to Z horror feature of how attractive were the female leads? Yeah, I'm a feminist, Mark. I want to talk about how attractive the women were. Look, they can be sexually <laughs> liberated. You know, we're being woke. Yeah, exactly. A to Z horror rates women's attractiveness. I gave this story a two. Okay, I gave it a four. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think story is the like driving feature here, but I'm potting a little bit of the writing in here, too, and I think it is part of the the dialogue in the 1960s-ness and going to the overall tone and style of the movie deserves credit in writing, which I'm putting in story. Um, so it's it's not like the selling point of the movie for sure. And like you said, Mark, the plot is, I mean, the protagonist has no arc. So it's it's not like a plot-driven movie. Nothing actually say. happens in this movie. <laughs> so I gave it a four. Jake? Uh, I put it right in the middle of you guys. I gave it a three. There's, there's okay. not a lot going on here to say it is lacking a plot is a bit of an overstatement but it's pretty simple yeah fair enough world building immersion second year mark what's your world building immersion score two and a half okay wow and i like that you blew past me getting most of those words wrong so i appreciate that yeah i mean i'm used to it wait <clears throat> okay two and a half i we need to separate a few things pause on your criticism of me until we get to effects okay because that is what this movie is is effects world building is ambiguous as we've talked about at this point it's a perfect rating system it's, it is a perfect rating system i went mostly i as usual i i mostly go off of immersion and this movie is boring enough that 
I'm look. I'm glad you watch it on an airplane where you couldn't play on your phone because I was tempted to play on my phone the whole time. <laughs> it was hard to pay attention to. It's just it's a long drawn out process that really didn't need to be as boring as it was. Okay, I gave it a seven. Oh, okay. fuck! And God. most of that is in world building. <laughs> <laughs> Spit take from Jake. This movie we talk I mean this movie is world building, right? We no. talk about everything that she did. That this is such an evocative place and like even if it's not a specific era era and like feeling to everything, that she went to such wild detail to build this world. And all of it is cohesive throughout towards the same world. That's fair, and I hear what you're saying. Please wait until we get to effects. <laughs> okay. Um, I just think as the movie is presented to you, it's not an immersive package. And I agree that, that it's not terribly be. immersive, but also I really think watching on a plane did help my immersion a whole lot because while I was bored at times, I was also like, I got into it, and I got that like rhythm of that kind of... 50s 60s dialogue kind of started working on me i was fully ready for you two to both absolutely berate me as is tradition uh and then you texted me that you actually kind of enjoyed this thing and i was like wait what yeah i really did <laughs> all right okay. yeah so absolutely yeah, so seven a, got for world building place. immersion yeah jake i gave it a three it's pretty much okay. the same reason as mark i'm using world building here as i guess the tilt factor more than anything basically couldn't be less immersed this is going to be your cup of tea or not and that's based pretty much solely on immersion and what in what it is doing is such a specific thing that it can't not be i guess but i do i do agree with you jack that like the world that it builds and the attention to detail and everything that we are going to get to when we get to effects like there is an output there but ultimately it it doesn't help my overall enjoyment of the film that much so it's still low score Fair enough. Fair enough. It's going to send a scare factor. Mark, what's your scare factor score? I give it a one. This yep. isn't a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a two, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, for kind of similar reasons to me giving a high, one point higher to Jennifer's body than I did to this, I I am scared of this love witch. She would absolutely be able to kill me immediately. This would this would absolutely work on me. Uh, it it uh, so give it giving it a two. Because, uh... I don't you know. gave Jen's body a four. I know, and you gave it a three. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, one it's point right. higher. Okay. Jake! I, I gave it a one. It's not uh, really a horror movie. Yep, not at all. Barely. <laughs> That's gonna take us into effects. Mark, what is your effects or judicious lack thereof? I gave it an eight and a half. Yeah. That's... This is the reason why this movie is a thing. It's why it's on all the lists. I, it's, it's more than... This movie's on a bunch of lists because of more than just the effects, but also it's why it's notable. And also it's, I mean, it's a broader category than traditionally effects are put into, right? If there's no practical monsters and gore and good CG, there's none of that shit. It's just the background of everything. The, yeah. The I mean, on for a movie, exactly. I, for a movie that is, that doesn't have a high degree of difficulty, they still really nail all the shit they have to nail. That You really feel like it is, its own contiguous thing. And the cohesiveness is a big part of that. Yeah. The way they film it, the technology they film it on is important. I Like I kind of let off at the beginning, I'm not sure I understand exactly why they felt like it was necessary in order to make their point that they had to film it in the 1960s. But 
Anyways, this has a very unique visual style that is cohesive and authentic throughout the entire two-hour-long piece. And not enough good things can be said about the director and her commitment to every aspect of it. One other note that we have not talked about, except for mentioning as an as like a side piece, the witch's bottle containing a lot of urine, a used tampon, and a sprig of rosemary front-runner for... <laughs> for prop of the year <laughs> after one movie it's uh look it's two uh, two movies okay. it's quite something <laughs> look it's I a get, good prop it's a good prop you i gave it an eight for the same reasons jake i gave it a seven and a half largely the same reasons yeah all right that's gonna take us into overall mark what is your overall score here my overall score it's hard. yeah i mean it's a it's a weird one but i gave it a one and a half Wow! It's low for me, dog. I did not enjoy this movie. And more importantly, I don't understand a world in which I recommend this movie to someone. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You're like, guys, okay. Who, so, yeah, what are you so ever gonna... this, it's stylish, but it's also longer than it needs to be. And there's feminism mixed into it, but I don't think it really fully understands the points it's trying to make. It's It's muddled and confusing. <laughs> Watch this thing. Huh? <laughs> so th it's really interesting because usually when we have these kind of like stylized movies that aren't plot driven like this, you like them a lot better than I do. Yep. And we flip flopped on this one. Yeah. Because I gave this movie a six overall. Wow. You're going to be recommending this to people is what that says. I am absolutely. But it's to a specific kind of person who's interested in film and Your cinematography. Your my <laughs> if, if for no other reason so that I can prove to them that I wasn't watching porn on the plane. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I, this, like I said, this movie is more fun to talk about than it is to watch, but you can't talk about it without having watched it. And I think it's important to like, it's fun and interesting to talk about. Those are confusing sentences. But a necessary prerequisite to that is to have watched it. So I'm going to recommend watching it so I can talk to it about You're people. right, Jack. The watching it part I, is hard. You're, you're right. It is fun to talk. It is only fun to talk about movies that you have seen. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Totally. I don't want to talk about this movie with someone who doesn't see it. I kind of do, though. Actually, never mind. I kind of also do that. want to do that, too. You want to watch it? Yeah, let's watch it right now. Let's, let's pop watch it on. It right All now. right. Yeah, Mark and I are going to pop it on and take our dicks out. You Jake. have a hard stock in, you have a hard stock in 50 minutes. We're going to watch it at 3x speed. <laughs> I don't even want to after that. I gave it a three and a half. This is, I said it earlier, this is either going to be your cup of tea or it's really, really not. And it really, really wasn't. Uh, there is a bit of a tilt factor here, which is because of that effect score. Um, what was done by the creator extraordinaire of this movie is something to behold. And for that reason, I think that it could be recommendable to some people. But outside of what Anna Biller did to make this thing happen, just sheer tour de force on her part, like it's a very niche thing that not a lot of people are going to get. Yeah, yeah. it's an impressive me. visual feat. Yeah. But also, I wish I had never seen it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's, that's now that I've gone one. through the gauntlet, now that I've gone through the gauntlet, it's, I'm happy that it's under my belt, but like, I'm not going to recommend this anime. Man, it's so weird that you guys liked that fucking Gaspar no piece of shit that was also beautiful. That's how exactly how I felt about that movie. Are you talking about Climax or are you talking about the other one? The other uh, one. Enter the Void. Enter the Void. The, Enter the Void is These really are good, so it's beautiful. These are so different. I'm, I'm so happy to have watched this movie and I, so unhappy to have watched Enter the Void. This is an interesting point, actually, that we should probably unpack to give the movie like its its shrift is that with Enter the Void, I felt like it had at least some level of cohesive storytelling in it. 
This one, I think the main thing that I struggled with is that it felt like it was trying to teach me something. I felt like it was trying to make a point, but it actively argues with itself within narrative from the coven debating with Elaine. See, and that part worked for me. It's, and it's, and neither of them actually make a point at any one at any section they have these long monologues of like what it is to be a love witch and use sex magic to open the floodgates of love and all this shit but like <laughs> you just you said that, it so much because you wrote it down that means fucking nothing <laughs> i don't know what point this movie was trying to make so at least with like enter the void it's it does i don't know maybe that one's intentionally opaque because i don't want to say that one had a thesis statement either, <laughs> and it didn't but Leaning into not having a thesis statement is different from trying to have a thesis statement and not making the argument for it, which is what I felt like this one did. I guess, yeah. I, it, the, the, I mean, the thesis statement in this worked for me, right? I get what they were going for, which is like you can, what I talked about earlier, right? You can you can act for feminist There's shades of gray. There's shades of gray in feminism. Let's, I mean, we're all on board with that. Yep. But I don't know if this one fully espouses like the appropriate enunciation of that and and one in to 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 totally blow by all of the you know political points i gave this a th- i gave this a thumbs down let's just get to that thumbs down thumbs, thumbs down up from me thumbs up from jack to who you already said it was like people who enjoy film yes cinephiles yes okay i mean if you if your favorite movie is citizen kane then okay maybe so i mean up, but there definitely. are people that i can that i think there are people that i would recommend this to but then the percentage or number of that those people is so wildly outweighed by those that I couldn't that I have to give it a thumbs down. I can totally see how this would be recommendable, but it's just such a minority. See, I actually don't functionally understand when I would recommend this to people because even if you are a cinephile, there are other movies that I think are much better that I would honestly coherence would be higher on that list. Not for me. Coherence is interesting because of the plot. Coherence is a plot-driven movie. No, Coherence isn't... We don't need to get okay. into this. Okay. We've okay. been recording for two fucking hours. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Leave that in. Leave that in. That's about Leave right. all this in. That's about right. This has been episode 166 of the A to Z Whorecast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to a to zwhore.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on Reddit sometimes. The links are going to be down there in the description below, so they're not too hard to find. Come and find us there. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're interested in what you're hearing on the podcast, you're still here hanging out with us. We, first of all, thank you for doing that. And secondly, you might be interested in becoming a Patreon member. We have a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Can't swing the dough right now. Not interested. That's okay, too. We're just happy you're here hanging out with us. As always, the music has been coming at you by Super Bear. If you're interested in what they're putting out, then uh, check out their link that's down there in the description below as well. And next week, we're going to be coming at you with a Stone Cold Classic. I can't believe we haven't checked this one out yet. It's some say the original, but we'll discuss that. The Bela Lugosi Dracula. Dracula! It's certainly where the accent came from. Popularized one. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great weekend. You wake up naked, handcuffed to a bar, you think it's a bedpost, it's a jail cell, so then you reassess? Like most Wednesdays, Mark. Yeah, I was going to say Tuesdays, but you're cool. I'm glad that we were. Look, we lead different lives. Yeah, we lead different lives.